0: But it settled? <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, are we settled? I don't want to start talking unless you're settled. Hallelujah. Um, you people are spoiled here. <laughs> yeah, are. Honestly. That's the honest to God truth. Because every time I come here and watch the orchestration of the Holy Spirit, on a Sunday morning and also during the forum. I'm just amazed. And my question always is, Lord, why is this place so numerically small? Because it's so large in heaven. God took me in the spirit for a little while here during the praise and worship I think the last couple of times that's happened to me. And um, I want to deposit something in you and do something today that may seem a little bit strange to some of you. Maybe to some of you out of order. But I assure you it's going to be heaven's order. This is a part that God wants me to bring today. Um, in first Corinthians 13 and I I can't even talk about my books, but we're going to tear down our table. So if you want to buy a book before we leave, um, please go to the back. I can't talk about my books right now. There's something holy here in my heart and I want to do my best with the help of God to release it in, um, what did I just say? First Corinthians 13. Yes. Yes. Holy Spirit, help me now. What you unveiled to me earlier, the anointing is still here for it now. So I thank you for speaking to me and through me and help these precious people to grasp and understand what's about to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1 Corinthians 13, I'm just going to take, pull one verse out here out of this chapter, and it's verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly. Everybody say dimly. dimly. It's talking about this earth life, this earth walk. If we could see all that God sees, we couldn't take it. We could not take it. And so that's why we're instructed in the word to behold the glory of the Lord with an unveiled face. So that we can see more in this earth while we're on this earth. To behold the Lord with an unveiled face simply means to behold who he is in the word of God, first of all in the Gospels, his attributes, his character, whom we know him to be. To behold him with an unveiled face means to see Jesus and to behold Jesus in his glory with a transparent face, with a transparent heart. Because I've understood, especially over the last few years, that the essence of true holiness is transparency. The first thing that happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned was they hid from the presence of the Lord. They had never hidden from the presence of the Lord before. So hiding is a form of being veiled. It's a form of, it's a lack of transparency. Have you ever met somebody, and I'm sure we all have, when you met them, something was not, it, it was like they're hiding. People have this expression they use, man, he's a shady character. How many ever heard that expression? He He's a shady character. That That means... There's something not right. Uh, he, he's not open. He's not transparent. He's, it appears that he's hiding something. Well, the Lord wants our relationship with him to be opposite of that to be very open and very unveiled where we're not hiding anything. We can't hide anything from the Lord anyway, because he knows all about us. He sees everything. He knows our beginnings from our end. He knows every, he knows more about yourself than you could. If you lived on this earth for a thousand years, he created you in your mother's womb. The spirit Bible says came from God, it'll go back to God. If you have received the provision of his cross in his redemption. Well, it's going back to God anyway, whether, you know, thank you, Lord. Whether you've received his redemption or not, the spirit goes back to God and it will stand in judgment on that day. So it's, it's very important that we understand that because no matter, you know, the Lord wants us to have that kind of relationship where we're just totally honest with him. Now, nobody likes a preacher that's fake or a person that's fake, much less a, a preacher. How many have ever met phony preachers? I'm sorry, you know, I've met quite a number of them. And I always, from the very beginning of my walk with the Lord, I never wanted to be phony. My wife and I, we try our best. We are real people. What you see is what you get. Because we hate superficiality. We hate phoniness. There's no heirs in heaven. You're not going to try to be spiritual in heaven when all is known and all is seen. You know, when we were missionaries in Africa, you know, the African culture, we love the African people. Please hear my angle on this. But they love their titles and they love position and they love power because I think it's because they've been oppressed for so long that when they get position and they get a title and they get power, if they're not careful, it'll go to their heads. And as missionaries training up young ministers, we would continually tear that down and talk about the importance of humility if you're going to be a minister. And it's common in that culture, when you get a title, you address people by that title. Apostle, prophet so-and-so, and and they'll even add sir or or honorable sir. Sir. I mean, I've heard it. Honorable apostle, prophet, sir. In heaven, we will not address ourselves like that. I do not picture and I do not see it in the Lord's character and in his word. We're in heaven. We're bowing down to mere men saying, apostle, sir. Right, reverend, honorable, sir. The only one that's reverent and honorable is the Lord Jesus Christ. The only one we'll bow down to in heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying there's not honor in heaven. There will be a lot of honor in heaven. And we will honor one another in heaven as in the Lord. And in our earth walk, what we did will be honored. Who we were in this life, in our earth walk, will be honored. You can count on that. There will be rewards. There will be crowns. All of that. And this part, this next part of this meeting is about that. Because I saw something earlier and it just brought me to my knees. Because we look at each other simply through earth eyes. But when we see each other through heavenly eyes and through the eyes of Christ, it is so remarkably different. It says, in this earth, we see through a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know just as I am known. In other words, in heaven, in the next life, we will know as we are known. We will know the full truth. This world lies under the sway of the evil one. There is great deception in this world because Satan is called the great deceiver. He is the Jesus called him a liar and the father of lies. This world is full of lies and deception. Unless God opens your eyes to see, you cannot see. You'll remain in your sin. You'll remain under the lie of Satan. You'll remain under his deception. That's how this whole thing started. Adam and Eve were created perfect. They walked in the light and the glory of God before they had even known sin. But the deceiver came as a snake, as a crafty serpent, the Bible says, and deceive them into doing something that God told them and forbid them not to do and that's how this whole thing started that's why we are what we are that's why we needed a redeemer to come cuz God's given man a free will and i thank God for that we're not robots you will go to hell if you desire to go there <laughs> it's 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 the lord created us like that And Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. But it was because the enemy, Satan, deceived them. That's the only way the devil can get us. Because if every man's eyes were opened in this life to see as God sees, every sinner would turn a 180, do a 180, and run to the altar of God and lay down everything. Repent of their sin and lay down their life completely and say, my Lord, what can I do for you? You've done everything for me. When I got born again, that happened in my heart. There's a melting of the heart when you're truly born again. It's not hard then to love and to be a Christian and to walk with Jesus. When the heart melts, there's a gratefulness. There's a gratitude. You want to give him everything. That's the grace of God. That's how it works. not hard to live this life. Why? Because he's graced me to live it. He's empowered me to live it. And he's put his love in my heart. All I want to do is just be obedient and do what he wants me to do. That's a supernatural change that happens in everyone's heart. And when Carol, when the Spirit of God came on, both Pastor Ray and Carol, but especially Carol in the she she turned into another woman i mean you could see it the lord was speaking through her pointing the thing through her calling for salvation and that call's still out there because i felt like there's at least one or two more people that needed to respond to that call but see the lord never forces us we're not robots he wants us to give ourselves to him out of our own free will. But in First Corinthians chapter five, he took me here too. You know, when you're when you're in the spirit, whether it's at home in a service and prayer, it's you just see things, and sometimes scriptures are attached to it. The Lord reveals something of his heart, and that's what he did earlier. First Corinthians, what did I say? Second Corinthians five, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the scripture and I'm not seeing. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians five. Again, I'm pulling one verse out. I mean, all of these are written in context, but. For the sake of time and what the Lord wants to say today, we'll pull out one verse, verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. In other words, Christ came to this earth I believe a lot of these Corinthians and even Saul himself, they may have known Christ and met him and seen him after the flesh. Many were talking about him as if he were just flesh. The Nazarene, Jesus, the Nazarene. Yeah, the son of the car, the the carpenters. You know, the carpenter, the son of Joseph, and they talked about Jesus in a natural, earthly way. They knew him. That's what it means when it says they knew him after the flesh. But now Christ has died. He was buried. He's risen. Paul had this revelation and he says, we don't know him that way anymore. He was not just a fleshly man. He was so much more. He was the son of God. That's how we see him and know him now. Isn't it interesting today that there's religions all over the world that will still not confess and declare that Jesus Christ is the son of God? We've worked with Muslims. We've known of Hindus and, and, and uh, Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses. And there's always something about Jesus that's a little messed up. They'll say, yeah, he was a good man. He was a, a great teacher. He was a prophet, one of the great prophets of God. And all kinds of other funny incarnations or whatever of who Jesus was not. But the Bible says clearly that Christ was the son of God and he that confesses it has the spirit of God. Has known the truth. I have a friend that Pastor Ray and Carol both knew, Russ Tatro. He was uh, our missionary leader. When we were missionaries in West Africa for a number of years, and he 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 died um, early. He's in heaven now. He he died on June first, two thousand six. I remember the day really well because we were still living in Pensacola, Florida, and I was at my desk, and a phone call came from Verna Del Turco, whom. Pastor Rain Carroll also know of. It was my pastor's wife. And when she said out of her mouth, Are you sitting down? I started trembling because I knew this is not good. This is not good. She's gonna tell me something that's not good. So I just braced myself and she said, Russ died, and I just lost it. I just lost it because he was a very good friend and a leader. And we were in West Africa together. He was a young apostle, wisdom beyond his years. And it was, you know, when somebody close to you dies that's young, there's a a form of unbelief in you like, "I, I can't believe this. This can't be happening. But see, when somebody like that goes to heaven, you feel like you should have done more for them. You feel like you should have said more to them. You feel like you should have given them more honor. You should. You feel like you should have told them how much, how special they were, how much he imparted into, into our lives as young, as young single missionaries. And and then as as the days and weeks and months go on, you 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 you, you long to hear his voice as a friend. Because Russ had a way about him that was just, I haven't met anybody before or after him that was like he was. Yeah, a man with all his imperfections and his personality quirks. We all have that. But see, if we look too much through those earth eyes and we concentrate on the weaknesses and the flaws of a man, we will not see them in Christ and we will not see the greatness of them in Christ. And we will, in fact, despise them and dishonor them in an ungodly way. Because the older I get, the more I realize if Carolyn and I had not had that foundation of being missionaries on the mission field in our early years, there's no way we would have been where we are today. The wisdom that we gained, the, 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 the training, it was a training ground for us. We made so many mistakes, but it was a safe place because Brother Russ Tetro loved us. As a matter of fact, this is kind of humorous now, but back then maybe it wasn't so, but it was really. Somebody in our church, we, we went to church in the Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we graduated from Bible school. And one of the brothers found out that I signed up to go to West Africa with Russ Tatro and his wife, Wendy. And uh, he said, oh, you're taking. He went up to Russ and he said, oh, you're taking Bert with you, man. He's just a screamer. And when I heard that, you know, that's a bit of an insult. Like, you know, every young man likes that's called to the ministry, likes to think that he's, you know, he can preach that he's a good preacher. When he said, you know, he's just a screamer. It kind of deflated me a little bit. But here's Brother Russ. This is Brother Russ. He looks at this brother and said, you know what? We might need a screamer over there. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was Brother Russ in a nutshell. He saw the best in everybody. He saw the best. He saw the gift. He saw. He saw you through the eyes of Jesus Christ. And, and he let us, that, that's one of the th- great things that I learned about him. Just, he just saw you through the eyes of the Lord and who you were in the spirit. He saw the diamond in the rough. Because I was rough. Man, when I started preaching, you can ask Pastor Ray and Carol. I was very rough, but I loved God. I had a passion. I had a zeal. But sometimes I would preach and I didn't even have any English. It would just be all fire coming out of my mouth. No English. (laughs) Ah! I was a screamer. (laughs) I was a screamer, but he saw the diamond. Brother Russ is the first one that really, maybe my old pastor too, they saw the diamond in the rough. And that's how God is. But isn't it interesting that when people die, We appreciate it more. That shouldn't be, people. I mean, it really shouldn't be. And I haven't figured that out. Why is that? Because now they're perfect. (laughs) Now all their flaws and weaknesses are gone. Their personality quirks, the things we didn't like about them. Why? Because we're seeing people through earth eyes and only through the flesh but I am training myself. When I look at people, I don't care size, shape, background, race, nationality. I'm seeing them. Lord, they're so precious. I can see who they are in Christ. I love these brothers. Are they twins? No? They kind of look a little bit alike. But I just love watching them. Praise the Lord. Because see, I understand a part of the heart of God. It took me some time to understand it. How, in First Corinthians one, it says. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'll read it for you. First Corinthians, or is it second? Oh God, I always get my first and second ones mixed up. <laughs> uh, bear with me here, please. Um. Yeah, it's First Corinthians one. Twenty six. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. In other words, according to earth's estimation. God doesn't call all the smart, educated people. Have you noticed that? There's exceptions, but usually not. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world. To put to shame the wise. He's chosen the weak things of the world. To put to shame the things which are mighty. He's chosen the base. Base things. Base just means insignificant. Lowly. He's chosen the base things of the world. And the things which are despised. God has chosen. And the things which are not. To bring to nothing the things that are for what purpose? So that no flesh should glory in his presence. Look at these adjectives. God chooses the foolish, the weak, the base, the despised. <laughs> me too. And, to, and, and the things which are not. I got a friend. That's a real prophet of God. And he's taught me many things. He knows the ways, the ways of the Lord. The Bible says that Israel knew the acts of God, A-C-T-S. No, yeah, A-C-T-S. But Moses knew his ways. And that's been my cry since the beginning. Lord, I want to know your ways. And this prophet friend of mine, he had the same cry when he was saved. His cry was, Lord, I want to know your ways. I want to know what you think about things, about this one, that one, how you feel. I want to know what moves you, what grieves you, what angers you. That's been my heart from the beginning, to know him as a friend, to know him as a friend. And as I grow older, I feel like I'm knowing him more like that. And it's so precious to me, this fellowship we have. Thank you <laughs> thank you wife. <laughs> so she saw it, he was in the service one time, and this this man that had he he i know he had some disabilities and and he he wasn't quite right and you know most of the church a lot of times in church we we, we, we don't mean to, but I think we kind of semi-despise people like that. They're a little strange. They're a little abnormal. They might be feeble-minded. They, they might have something wrong with them in the natural. But he saw this man. This man was jumping up and down and giving the Lord exuberant praise. And, of course, people say, oh, that's nice. That's kind of cute. But my friend John was seeing it into another realm. And he saw a light like an elevator shaft coming down from heaven and hitting this man. And and, and, and encasing this man. And he was in this light. And he was expressing his love to the Lord. And all the the angels of heaven were taking note of this man. God himself was taking note of this man. But all the people, that's kind of cute. It looks so different to the Lord. Some things that look just strange to us, they look so different to the Lord. People that look strange to us, they look so different to the Lord. Angelo. I'm thinking of Angelo. Rick Joyner talked about him in his book, The Final Quest. That's one of my all-time favorite books. I learned more of the ways of God in that book I think than any other book. Bestseller. He talks about this this wino. He called him a wino. He was a street a homeless person. Up in his years. Not real not not like 80 but but you know he'd been homeless for some time. And somehow I forget how he gave his life to the Lord. I think it was I don't know how it happened. I can't remember the details. But he gave his life to the Lord, but remained on the streets, remained homeless. He had a bunch of homeless friends. Yeah, he had a ministry in passing out tracts. He was so grateful to the Lord for his salvation that what he could do for him was to pass out tracts. Probably uh, from, from money he collected from bottles, maybe. I don't think that part of it's in the book, but anyhow, Angelo died in a winter storm covering his friend with his body because he didn't want his other homeless friend to perish in the winter storm. So he laid on top of him and his friend lived, but Angelo died. And the Lord said that Angelo had a place close to his throne in heaven because he died what God considered a martyr. That one simple act put him in a seat next to Jesus on the throne of heaven. And I never forgot that story. And I've looked at people totally different since I read that story. Because you never know who you're looking at in this earth life, how great they are in God. So we need to love one another and appreciate one another and honor one another while we're on this earth and see people through the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. And know no man again after the flesh. I'm sorry. Is this too strong for you? I didn't mean it to be this strong. I'll be done in a minute because I'm going somewhere. Now, Ray and Carol, you might be uncomfortable with this, but you're going to have to receive it as from the Lord, not from me. Okay? I'm just warning you. I saw this couple. saw them in Christ from heaven's perspective and they had seats they had seats close to the throne of God doesn't mean they can't mess up from now until they leave this earth. I'll be the first one to come and give them a kick in the butt if they do. <laughs> but from where they are now, I saw the heart of God. And I couldn't contain myself. I couldn't even worship. I couldn't. I would just got up in this realm and I said, Lord, how do I, how do I do this? How do I bring this across where it's not like we're not worshiping a person or a man and he said to do this. It's okay now, Albert, you can go. And the Lord just told me to do something in the presence of you all. And this is going to cause a great shift. In this work and in this family. But I I believe I've been instructed by the Lord. To wash their feet. So please, Ray and Carol, humble yourselves and let me do this for you. Just come up here and sit. This is the Lord.
1: (laughs) This is a holy time. You.
0: Jesus said to Peter when Peter didn't want Jesus to wash his feet he said you have no part of me if you don't let me do this oh, but would you help remove their shoes I saw something in the spirit that I haven't seen before I saw how much this couple has been despised in this community and in this region So when I asked the Lord, why isn't this church numerically larger? And he put his finger on this because they haven't received this couple the way that I've sent them. They haven't received them the way that I received them. They don't know them. They only know them after the flesh. They don't know who they are after Christ in the spirit. Lord said, I want you to do this as an act of humility, an honor unto me. They've been despised by some of their own family. Some of their own children don't even understand who they are. They have no clue who they are. If they make it to heaven, they'll see. And there'll be, there'll be great regret in that day. Because they could have been so close and learned so much from them. been so much more than what they are. But I thank God there's still hope and there's still restoration in this life. But I'm just telling you the best I can, what I saw... I saw how people see them dimly through a glass and they see like every man their flaws, their personality quirks, things. Uh, I wish she wouldn't do that. I wish she wouldn't say that. I wish she wouldn't be like that. I, mean, I heard and saw all that over years of time. Not just now. And again, they're very imperfect vessels and they'll be the first ones to tell you that. They, they're probably uncomfortable right here. So it's very it's it's a humbling thing, but I'm doing my best to obey the Lord. What I saw today, so so unto the Lord I do this, and and thank you. Oh God, I'm not even I'm not even worthy to even do this.
1: I saw who you are in Christ. And I was humbled to be your friend. (laughs) I thank you that you're a part of my life and my wife's life. I thank you that the Lord caused our past to cross so many years ago. I'm a better person, a better husband for having known you. <laughs> a better brother, a better Christian, a better minister. Because <laughs> I know God. This is so holy to me. my <laughs> God, oh, God. oh God! I've never done this like this before. I've never felt like this before. God. Oh, God! oh God! Oh my brother Ray! God, I saw him as a king. I just saw the kingly thing. On crown and and the the sacrifices that he makes for his family, children, grandchildren, wife. I saw it all, Lord, and you counted him. You counted him great in your kingdom. Because he's made himself the least. You count great, Lord God. And I am so honored and humbled to know him and his friends. God, thank you that these feet are the feet that have carried good news, good news. So appropriately named good news. Thank you that you're blessed. These feet are blessed. Wherever they go, wherever they go, there will be blessing that will come. They oh, thank you, thank, you, thank you, God! 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 We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Oh, oh, God! It's an honor. We honor you, Jesus. It's an honor. It's an honor, Lord. It's just an honor to do this. We honor you, Jesus, you, Lord. Thank you, God. <laughs> that's all they wanted to be, is just servants of God. <sighs> servant. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
0: you've never been in a a service like this. I haven't either. (laughs) I haven't either. (laughs) But there's a first time for everything, isn't there? Thank you, Lord, for defusing the intensity of this meeting. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to make it through. <laughs> oh, God, I'm I believe, I honestly believe that this has been recorded in heaven today, this day and this meeting. And I think it probably requires a response from some of you. Whatever appropriate response that is, I'll let your own heart determine that. Between you and the Lord. You have something, sweetheart.
1: Hallelujah. And just as heaven has recognized and you've seen you in the spirit, so you must see those around you the same way. Not their flesh, not the mistakes that they make, but who they are and the gifts that are in them. And I believe with all my heart there's a greater release of that in you to see who each one of them is, so you would respect them too. And remember this, how God saw you, he sees them. Okay, so I charge you with that. Open your eyes and see them too, for they must fulfill the call of God on their lives too.
0: Praise God, that's good. That's that's very good. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. let's just lift our hands one more time and just thank the Lord. This has been so precious to be here today. Even before I got up the meeting, the things that happened, the things that were said, the gifts of the spirit, its just that's why the first thing I said, you guys are so spoiled. There's a choreography of the Holy spirit here all the time. The, 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 the scripts that he writes, the things he orchestrates. 95 to 99% of churches in America do not have this. The richness of the word and the richness of the spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit through humble, common vessels that today God has chosen to exalt them because they've humbled themselves. God says, if you humble yourself, I'll exalt you. But if he'll exalt you, you'll be, you'll be humbled. You'll be debased, debased. <clears throat> They're not going to die anytime soon. I don't believe that with all my heart. But if they were. If this couple were to go and be with the Lord. Tomorrow. It's not going to happen, but hypothetically. How would it be? How would it be with thee? How would it be in your heart? How would it be with the Shannon clan, which is a very large clan compared to the Therese clan? <laughs> I have one son. My brother has no sons. My grandparents had one, one grandchild. It is Daniel. All the Therese girls married and got another name. Daniel is the last Therese left in our family. I'm counting on him to have 12 disciples. And his wife better be very, very fertile and love babies. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but they have a very large clan. They come from large families. At least she does. I don't know if Ray does. But to have five children and then 14 grandchildren, this little guy today, man, what a joy. Great. Is it your first or your First great, what, man.
2: Fourth generation.
0: Those kind of babies, they are, that cross, whatever you want to call it. it, They produce the best babies, man. (laughs) The best looking babies. Oh, God. So thank you. There's a great heritage here in this family. But I saw... That it can even be greater if they will be not seen through the eyes of the flesh dimly through earth eyes any longer. But if they are seen through the eyes of Christ, of who they are in the spirit and what they carry, the wisdom, the counsel, the things that are packed in them from decades of walking with God. And I believe there's a restoration coming in their clan, in their family, their children, children's children, and now children's children's children. <laughs> you made it. I don't think I'll ever make it there. <laughs> that means I had to be a great-grandparent. Let's see. I'm 60. My son's not married. He shows no signs of getting married anytime soon. <laughs> I'm just praying for grandchildren. Just a couple of them. But I wanted to end. Rent them, them out. Well, we're not in the renting business yet. <laughs> but listen, I want to stop here. Uh, I think what, what God wanted to do through my vessel, he did. It's very precious. I will forever remember this this service. But I want to turn it back over to your pastors and, and let them do whatever they want, close out, pray for you, say whatever it's on their hearts or just close. I don't know what else I've come to the end. That's all I had today, but thank you so much for being here, for loving us, receiving us. We feel like family here now we're household names <laughs> as was said early, but God bless you so much for being here.
2: Hallelujah. We're good. I can't even think straight at the moment, but I believe it was Paul. And he said, uh, whether in the body or out of the body, I'm not sure. But he was called up into heaven. And when he began to have the encounters with the Lord. Oh, I'm sorry. I know who it wasn't, Paul, Isaiah. Isaiah six Isaiah said uh, he had a vision. he was caught up, and he saw the Lord high and lifted up in the temple, and, and he said, i'm undone I am undone there maybe that's a little better he said i'm undone." <clears throat> Bert Carol, and Carolyn, uh, I know what it is to be, to, we know what it is to do what you did. <clears throat> because the Lord gave us that mandate on occasion throughout the years with different vessels that came into the area. And he said, wash their feet and receive them as apostles to the region." This is a holy thing. It's difficult to be on the receiving end. I don't wash my feet only, wash my whole body. <laughs> Jesus said, dude, that's not the point. <laughs> I think the significance of this day in the history of good news, because you're all part of the history of good news. <coughs> Every person in here, you're part of the history in the book of Acts at the church of good news, <laughs> the congregation of good news. Are you squeezing me because you have something? I <coughs> do We do honor everybody in this room. Take it very serious in Hebrews when it says the advice and admonishment of the writer of Hebrews says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive to them and For they give watch over your souls. They have watch of your soul. When I read that, I feel the weight of it. It's like, my God, it's not just the responsibility to impart things into your spirit, but your souls, your will, your intellect, and emotion. It's caring for the whole man. It's caring about your physical being, you know, caring about your family. You carry that. And that, as much as those of you in here that have been parents, you you know how it can't be, you you didn't get a handbook on how to be a parent. You maybe watched it, you know, the way parents trained you. But there are things that are just natural. When you love someone and you love people, that there's just a natural thing. Jesus even commended and brought to light, he said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good things to your kids, there's something innate in your offspring. <coughs> but in the spirit, not measuring people by their flesh, but out of their potential, their, their destiny. It's pay, one of the most painful things as parents is that when you when you know the will of God and the the probabilities or the possibilities of God for your kids, and you see them not aspiring to, towards their their potential, that that can hurt. You know, it, it can dis- bring disappointment. You face that, and we've ex- we've experienced that in the natural, at times.
3: Yeah, there's a. To, to move over, there's more an agonizing for them to move over, into the the things that God had already predestined for them to walk yeah. in. Yeah. And it's more that, if I can say this. Last night, me and my husband were, we had glorious meetings. And I came home and I started to feel very sad. And that happens at times with me when coming from a meeting where it's so heightened in the presence of God and the anointing. And then you come home and you're back down. It feels like you're getting pulled into back down into the natural realm, you know. And I, I go through these, I call them a withdrawal. And um, in that tangible presence, even though you might not recognize it on you, but it's there. And I know when it's a very strong and powerful anointing because of what happens to me afterwards and the effects of it. And we were... My husband was trying to, I, I know what he was doing. He was concerned and things that Bert was saying was truly who he is. And, um, and um, so anyway, we were outside. We went outside and we were sitting there. And we, my husband started reading to me about um, what a prophet is because he knows me and he knows the things that I go through. Afterwards, or with the conditions of things, and and seeing where the the church has has gone, yeah, and so and where, where 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 we could be going, and all these things, and um or where the body of Christ is, I carry a lot of that inside of me, and because of it, I know that at times I can end up feel, being moody. It feels like a very lonely place, and um. And I have a wonderful husband that understands me. So that's a
2: lifelong journey.
3: It is. <laughs> listen, yeah, I'm just asking you to to open your heart just to hear and to listen because I didn't ask for this or nobody else asked for your callings or your giftings and and to see your giftings the way God has given everybody a certain a gift and. Oh, it's so fulfilling when you can move and operate in that. It feels so good. It feels so wonderful. Whether you heard anything from anybody, it's there's a pleasure in serving Jesus Christ. Yeah. There is. There's such a reward in serving him. And I always feel like that. Um, I've always felt like what a pleasure it is to serve Jesus. Greatest honor, isn't it? If you never get a pat on the back, you know, and we don't get a whole lot of pats on the back. And I know in the office that I stand in, I don't get a lot of pats on the back. And my husband started reading to me last night. I don't know if it was Leonard Ravenhill who said, what a prophet is. And the more he read it, I thought, oh, dear Lord, this is so depressing of they're not like, they're not accepted, they're not received. They don't have friends. They're, it's a place that you have to stand in in Christ, who was the prophet of all prophets.
2: Yeah.
3: He was the God who gave to the church. And I know my husband, I know he's a He's absolutely a servant leader, and that would be him to wash the feet, like what Bert did. And last night when we were reading it, and I just, I thought to myself, wow, Lord, and I heard the Lord say, I will honor you. And I never told my husband. And when I saw Bert there crying, I thought, wow, God's really doing something. There's something going on. And then when Bert towards the end was going on, I, I could see the whole thing. And I want to no, know, Lord, and the Lord spoke to me, said, if you don't, please listen to me, guys. Because some of you really are having a hard time with what just happened. But I want you to know something. It is so scriptural. Oh, yeah. It is uh-huh. so scriptural. And Jesus said to me, Carol, if you don't go up there, he said, you will have no more part of me. And knowing the secret things and the things. And I just thought, Lord, this is so humbling. I don't want to do it. I'd rather wash their feet. (laughs) Because I don't want anybody to think they were more highly than them. And yet Jesus was the servant who was going to the cross (laughs) to die for me. And I have to look at it that way because that's what I see. I see he died. I know he died for everybody, but he died for me. And I think I'll never, ever, ever, ever get over that. (laughs) And. When I was so self-righteous and felt like I didn't need the savior that my husband had, because I thought I knew God the way I should have known God and the way the way I knew God. But I didn't know him as my savior, my redeemer. And he had to wash me in his blood for me to receive all that he had for me. And there was a cleansing then. And then there was the baptism of water. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost that I received and was honored to receive that. And then the calling of God. And there were so many things that came out today. And I said, Lord, I can't do this. And he said, Carol, I call the foolish things of the world. I didn't go to school. I felt stupid. I felt dumb. I just about made it through high school. I went to summer school Twice. Did you too? It's the name. I'm telling you, it's the name. And when you're growing up, it doesn't make you feel very, your self-worth is low just esteem. very low esteem. <sighs> Sorry. And so when the Lord called me and called us to the ministry, I just thought, how could you choose us? And that's why I know if God could choose me, he could choose others. And that's why we push so hard, because there's gifts and there's callings. And God wants us to honor the gifts and callings and stop looking for man to approve all the time and, and recognize we can't do that. I don't walk there, church. I've learned not to. I walk knowing that I'm called and it's an honor to serve him. And if I'm going to look for the approval of man, many times we'll give the word and so on, and we'll walk out and never hear anything like, oh, that was a good word, or wow, that was, we don't hear that. But we keep on walking and keep on. And I won't compromise the word of God. Neither of us will. And you have to know this about us. We will not compromise the word of God to tickle somebody else's ear. And I think you guys all know that. At least we
2: purpose to not compromise the word.
3: And I don't care if a multimillionaire came in here. Please hear our hearts. I'd rather have, please understand this. I'd rather have Brian up there dancing with me than catering to a multimillionaire. And our Josh back there on the soundboard that we have to say, Josh, Josh, to get his attention. Because you know what I see? I see gifts. And I see callings. And I see the miracles that God wants to perform. And he never, ever, (laughs) he never gave up on them. Because he didn't on me. (laughs) <laughs> I just want to say this one thing. If we didn't come up here, I'd believe God's doing this. And I want to say, I wanted to just finish with this. When we went to Africa, they washed our feet there. It was a woman whose husband was not there in the country at the time. He was over in going to Christ for the Nations for something. But it was his wife. And he oversaw 3,000 churches that were under him in Africa, in Zaire. And when we went there, she washed her feet. The whole team, they do what the scripture says to do, to welcome and to wash the feet. And maybe we should have a foot washing service someday. And we did that one time, maybe a couple times over our course of, but it is a very humbling, but yet a very holy, holy thing. It's so holy. And I just want to say that every one of you are so precious in my heart. I've written all of you so many letters Believe it or not, and I've said to my husband, "We got to get this letter out. We got to get this letter out." But our life is so busy, and we just don't have anybody that can. We got to get the letter out. And we love every one of you. And I know Quan and Zoe. It's really it's 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 long long day for you guys here. Zoe and I. Uh, no matter how hard the devil has tried to fight against you. And quonders a heritage that has been breathed in, even into your destiny. Amen. From your grandparents. <laughs> and so, the same with you. And yet it was God for you to be here today. That you can take these sacred things and ponder on it. And go before the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> let him speak to you. Don't let this day pass you by. There's something so deep that the Lord wants to speak to you. Quan, you are not a loser. God counts you as high and he beholds you in his love and esteems, just as he does with everyone else. He has something very awesome for you. Don't put yourself down. Don't fall into what the world and the categorization and everything else. And how the world is trying to categorize your race. Don't do it. We're higher species than that. Zoe, we're higher than this. We are called into heavenly things where God is. We're above, not beneath. And that's not being haughty. That's walking in true humility and his love for one another.
2: Father, let's pray. We bless every family unit that you have graced us. You have graced us with oversight. Not to control, but to empower. Support. Lord, thank you for every family unit here. Those here, those coming, and those returning. That your destiny, Jesus, will be fulfilled for them. Father, your destiny for every person, every family unit with a blessed lineage and legacy and heritage in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for watching over your word to perform it. Thank you you for watching over your work to perform it. In Jesus' holy name, thank you for sending Bert and Carolyn. We plead the blood over them, Daniel, Jesus, if you tarry, a couple of grandkids
3: we call his wife in in Jesus name, <laughs> we call his wife in in Jesus name, and thank you for their friendship, Father, that we treasure and honor, and we count as precious. Thank you that their feet has traveled nations, Lord, and has taken the good news. Thank you, Father, for the anointing increasing and doors opening to them. Yes. For the increase of knowing even the secrets of heaven.
2: Mm.
3: Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.
2: Hallelujah. We love you guys. Jesus, we love you. Amen. You're dismissed. We love you, love you, love you. God bless you.